Hi, I'm James Wedmore, host of the Mind Your Business podcast, and I've built an eight-figure year company selling digital products around my knowledge and expertise. In fact, this is what I've been doing in multiple niches for the past 15 years. And if you've ever wanted to do the same, or maybe you're trying, but you can't seem to get any traction, here's how I can help. As you can guess, you need an audience if you want to sell your stuff, right? But what if I told you that you don't need a big audience. You don't need millions of followers to get started. In fact, we see that it's with just your first 100 leads where you really start getting some momentum. I mean, think about it. Imagine that you're on the stage of a room filled with just 100 people in that audience right now. That's a lot of people. You don't think that a few of them would walk up to you after your talk and ask, hey, how can I keep working with you? Of course they would. And that's why I created your first 100 leads. It's a 14-video step-by-step training mini course that walks you through exactly how to get your first 100 leads fast. And the feedback and results from this free program have been amazing. Diane Shepard said, this is one of the best trainings I've ever taken. Jake Curry said, We have had 753 people sign up for this free training. Are you kidding me? Dan Netting said, I'm currently going through the first 100 leads training, and James, I gotta say, it's brilliant. This training is A to Z complete, and the best part is it's absolutely free. To register, simply click the link in the show notes of this episode. Thanks so much, and I'll see you there. Not too long ago, I planned to attend an in-person women's business networking event at a local wine bar. I actually had 100% intention to go all day that day, but when I got there, I walked in, looked around at everyone talking and chit-chatting, and then I realized, I don't have my ID. I guess I better go back to my car to grab it, just in case. Um, who was I kidding? I know I look a little young, but I'm at a women's business networking event. I'm probably not going to get carded. So I went back to my car and then I climbed in and drove off. (laughs) Just talking about this makes me sweaty, but also makes me laugh. Today, I'm going to talk about overcoming fears, something I clearly need help with still. Hey, and welcome to the Ambitious Bookkeeper podcast. I am Serena Shoup. I am a CPA and mom of three, and I'm running a virtual bookkeeping business mostly from my home. You're in the right place if you're a bookkeeper, accountant, or an accounting student, and you know that your purpose is bigger than sitting in a cubicle. If you're ready to learn some actionable tips and strategies to help you start and grow a bookkeeping or accounting business, I hope you stick around. A few weeks ago, I put out a poll on Instagram asking people which fears are holding them back the most when it comes to their businesses. So let's talk about that story I shared in the intro. I know some things about myself. I don't like big crowds when I'm alone. I had originally planned to meet up with another business owner and going together, but she ended up not being able to come. Was she having the same fears as I was? I'm not sure. It would sure be funny though. Knowing that it would be better to go with a wing woman, I still tried to go alone. Obviously, it did not work out. So if you're the same as me or don't even have the means to be able to attend local in-person events, maybe you don't have childcare, you don't have a vehicle, it's okay. There's tons of other options for finding clients and connecting with people. I've been doing it since I started my business nearly six years ago, 
And this was only the second in-person event for business owners, not counting the bookkeeping conferences that I've gone to. You don't need these to succeed. I've used Upwork, Facebook groups, virtual events, joining other online courses and programs to find clients. And honestly, I didn't do that to find clients. It just happens. However, if you want to try to do in-person events and you have the same anxiety about crowds and people as I do, definitely get someone to go with you. Heck, I bring my husband to bookkeeping conferences with me. He's my wingman. If I get to the point where I'm all peopled out, I know he can carry the conversation. So now that I've shared with you my biggest anxiety going to in-person networking events alone, I'm going to share some other fears from those of you who answered my question on Instagram. And I'm going to maybe give a little bit of advice here. That's why you're listening to the podcast, right? (laughs) With a lot of fears, a question I usually ask myself, but clearly didn't in the case of my escape from the networking event, is what's the worst that could happen in reality? So after I share each fear that people submitted, I'm going to ask that question. So let's ask that question to myself right now. What would have been the worst possible scenario that could have happened for me going into that networking event alone? Well, I can tell you what was going through my mind was like, I'm here alone and no one even notices me. I don't even know where to stand. I must look so dumb. (laughs) That was literally the worst that could have happened. And I decided that I didn't want to deal with it. So I left. Put the funny fear aside and talk about some deeper ones that you all shared with me. And you might notice some common themes here. So number one, not having enough knowledge or being less knowledgeable than your peers. I'm going to unpack this one in two sections. So the first section, not having enough knowledge. There's always going to be someone smarter than you. It's your job to put yourself in the room with them, even if it's online. This is where it's really helpful to have a mentor or a biz bestie to bounce ideas off of when you're a little unsure of something and commit to continuously learning and growing. You'll never feel 100% ready and you'll have to research things and questions that your clients have, but then you'll have that in your tool belt for future clients. In the case of not having the knowledge to do what clients need, it could end badly, sure, but if you promised an outcome that you couldn't fulfill, or say your bookkeeping was so bad that they fail an audit, lean on your integrity. If you absolutely know in your heart that you have no business doing something, don't agree to that scope of services. Refer them out. And if it's something that you feel a little uncomfortable with because you're unsure of yourself, the worst that could happen is you make a mistake, you catch it, you own it, and you move on. You'll never make that mistake again. Now let's address the second part of that fear, being less knowledgeable than your peers. Comparison is a slippery slope, my friend. And if you find yourself comparing yourself to others, none of us are immune to this, by the way, catch yourself and ask, Why am I so worried about being where that person is or having what they have? They are on a different journey than I am. I'm building what is right for me right now. And have a little patience, kindness, and love for yourself and where you're currently at. Maybe a little gratitude, okay? The next one that I saw come up 
was the fear of not gaining any clients when starting out. So this was someone who's thinking about starting a business. They're afraid they're not going to get any clients. And then the second part of their fear was being able to have all the knowledge to successfully meet the client's needs. And in parentheses, they wrote, imposter syndrome is real. (laughs) So again, common theme here is not enough knowledge to meet the client's needs. So go back to that last question, but I'm going to unpack the first section, the fear of not gaining any clients when I start. Be open to opportunities. Talk about what you do with your friends and your family and create a space on your calendar to do the work when you do land a client. Energetically, are you open for business? Meaning like, do you even have the time to be serving clients right now? If you don't, you need to clear time on your calendar because if you don't energetically have the space for clients, it's going to be really hard to bring clients into your world. I know it's really hard to be detached from the outcome, but the best clients always come when you're not looking. It's kind of like, (laughs) I don't know if you ever had this experience, but like when you're in the dating scene, when you're younger or whatever, and you're like desperately looking for like, I need a boyfriend or I want a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever. And you're like on the prowl, they're really hard to find. But as soon as you're like, you know what, I'm not even going to try anymore. I'm just going to do me. I'm going to go and have fun with my friends immediately someone walks into your life. It's the same with clients. Okay. If you already have a client or two and you enjoy working with them, let them know that you're accepting new clients. If they happen to know anyone, good clients are usually the best referral source. And yes, you can actively market and put yourself out there, but it needs to be done with an energy of service, not desperation. And you also have to trust that the right clients will find you as you're out there taking action, whether it be on Upwork or adding value in Facebook groups or adding value in other group programs or doing podcast interviews. Side note, I do have a mini course on finding clients, which I'll link in the show notes. You can find it at ambitiousbookkeeper.com slash closer. Now let's ask the question, what's the worst that could happen if I don't get enough clients? Well, how much is enough? Do you know how many clients you would need to have the business you want? If you don't have enough clients, you may have to try something new, learn new methods for getting clients, put yourself out there more, more actively market, figure out what you're going to do as a plan so you don't end up there. Okay, the next one that was coming up for a lot of people was fear of failure. Now, when all you submit is fear of failure, I'm not really sure exactly what failure is. So my question is, what would failure mean? What constitutes failure? I like to look at failures as learning opportunities. And like I said a minute ago, when you make a mistake, if you have awareness of it, you will likely never make that mistake again. So what would constitute failure for you? In a broad sense, say maybe you're thinking, um, You might have to go back to work and get a nine to five because you failed at getting enough clients to sustain your lifestyle and the income you need. But is that really a failure? It's only a failure if you make it one. You could look at it as an experience that gave you the chance to try out having your own business, learning some new skills like selling or networking or online marketing. And then you'll take what you learned from that and likely be better at your new role. Another fear that came up was 
inability to scale your business. So if your goal is to scale your business, you definitely need to put yourself in the room with people who have done what you want to do. Don't try to reinvent the wheel and go back and listen to episode 29 where I talk about scaling back to scale up and start reading books on scaling a business like Built to Sell is a good one or Hiring and Recruiting, Amazing Teams. One great resource is Teamwork by Natalie Dawson or Make Them Beg to Work for You by Dr. Angela Loria. I'm going to link all of these resources in the show notes. And again, this all boils down to being open to continual learning and personal development and possibly being coached. So what would happen if I couldn't scale this thing is what you want to ask yourself. Now let's ask the question, what's the worst that could happen? You try to scale, you spend too much money doing it, you hire too many people and it doesn't work. So you have to fire everyone. In my mind, that's the worst that could happen, honestly, if you're trying to scale. So journal out or write out what would it be, what it would be for you if you resonated with this one and then write out a solution of what you would do to prevent yourself from getting to that point. And then you have your plan (laughs) to scale. So you may have noticed a couple of common themes, fear of failure, fear of not knowing enough. And I hate to break it to you, but the more you learn, the more you'll realize you don't know. (laughs) Therefore, you'll always be learning if you truly care enough. And I just have to reiterate, I'm assuming you have the foundational knowledge in accounting or the experience in bookkeeping, but either way, even if you're new, brand new, and you don't have an accounting background, well, you're just going to start at zero. You're going to start a little behind everyone else. So you might really fall into that comparison trap. So go enroll in some courses, take some college accounting classes and have the integrity to ask for help or refer something out when you truly don't know how to handle something and your own research isn't cutting it. An underlying theme with fear of failure, I think, is fear of kind of having to throw in a towel. By the way, that's always a choice. And it's always going to be something you think about doing. (laughs) I still do. There is no way around that one. I still have imposter syndrome creep in. I still compare myself to other firm owners. And then I even ask myself, who am I to even have this podcast? But if this podcast has helped you one bit, I then have to ask myself, who am I to deny someone the help that they need with the knowledge and guidance that I can provide? So I now ask you, Who are you to deny small business owners the help that they need, the knowledge that you have to help them in their business? And I'm going to leave it at that. Who are you not to give it a shot and potentially help several small businesses, which then helps a bunch of families, the business owner, the employees' families, not to mention your own. Imagine the ripple effect that you could have by deciding to kick that fear to the side and just go for it. I'll talk to you next week, my friend. Thank you to everyone who helps make this podcast possible. Content and interviews are produced by me, Serena Shoup. Our intro and outro music is written and performed by my brother, Ian Gilliam. Editing is also by Ian using his awesome sound engineering skills along with Descript software. Hosting and publishing is by Buzzsprout. And you can check out the show notes for links to all of these amazing resources and resources mentioned in the episode. Be ambitious.